You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, June 20th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at Just Baseball, where I am writing fairly frequently. You can go check that out. You can also check me out on Twitter, most importantly, at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres, uh, if you want live sort of recaps of all the goody-goody games and whatnot, and a bunch of memes. Memes are very important. So check that out if you'd like. Today's episode, guys, gotta talk about a whole lot. Gotta talk about a whole lot. Firstly, though, I must say, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Has you covered with this season's props, odds, and lines better than ever. Bet online where the game starts. Today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we are recapping this past weekend's series sweep against the Colorado Rockies. And for once, it was not the Padres committing the sweep. We swept the Giants. We beat up on the Brewers, right? It was it was it was good vibes. We swept the Cubs. We were looking good, and then we get killed by the Rockies. Very very unfortunate stuff. And if it couldn't be any worse than getting swept by Colorado, a team that for some reason the Padres have struggled against uh, since the beginning of last year, for the most part. Um, well, what can I say? Uh, Manny Machado hurt, sprained ankle. It comes back, uh, and that's what I was seeing as of late. Um, So it could have been worse. It was a play running to first base in the last game of the series on Sunday. That was the biggest story, of course, we got to talk about first, Manny Machado getting hurt. Um, And, uh, you know, it was running out of ball to first base. So first of all, it has to be brought up that once again, I need to emphasize that the... The no-hustle narrative on Manny Machado is silly, and the fact that he was running out of ground ball and gets hurt is evidence that, once again, look, it's 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 kind of funny because I was talking to my mom ranting about this yesterday, that the old-school line of thinking, they bring up the hustle stuff because I think players were a little bit different back then, and maybe you had a little bit more speed contact, guys, maybe. That part I can't necessarily prove, but they like to bring up every time they're talking about hustle, these guys that have speed. Manny Machado isn't a super speedster. Right. So when a, if a player who does have speed isn't running out balls, that is genuinely concerning because it's like, well, you're literally not using one of your assets, which is speed. If you see Billy Hamilton not running out of ground ball, you're like, well, what are you doing? Like, that's one of your biggest assets. If Ichiro Suzuki back in the day wasn't running out of ground ball, which he hit plenty of um, certain seasons, that would be weird. But for Machado, it's like, no, you put the ball in the bleachers. And yeah, it's nice when you get some stolen bases, which aren't always, by the way, a correlation between, you know, your game speed by the way, if you're able to steal bases. That's a little bit of a separate skill set. They're compatible, they correlate, but it's a little bit separate. Um, You know, Machado gets hurt. He was writhing in pain. He needs to be helped up. He got to get taken off the field. He did come up off his own own, uh, power and whatnot. Thankfully, it could have been worse. Uh, X-rays on May Machado's left ankle were negative with an ankle sprain. He was diagnosed. How long he is going to be... Uh, kept down is it remains to be seen uh, how long he's going to be out. Thankfully, though, it is not some type of fracture or broken ankle or anything like that. But we're still going to have to see how long 
Um, he's going to be uh, kept down. They actually, the Padres uh, just optioned to AAA El Paso. Uh, this only came out a couple minutes ago and whatnot as I'm recording this late podcast, by the way. My apologies, guys. I had a little bit of stuff to take care of. Um, CJ Abrams has been called back for the Padres. So maybe that's what's going to happen. Hassan Kim to third base. CJ Abrams plays shortstop. Some type of correlation like that. Again, Abrams was pretty nice uh, defensively, at least. He had showed some promise. Obviously, he's the Padres' top prospect. I don't know, though, if he's ready yet uh, to be back up with the majors, uh, Major League Ball Club. After all, he has struggled with AAA after only just a few games. He did struggle with them, although showcasing some power. He hadn't played much above AA when he first appeared with the Padres. So this feels like, yet again, the Padres trying to hope that Abrams can make that leap and be awesome for the time being and keep them afloat. But it seems like a little bit of a desperate move considering that the Padres are still with a very positive record uh, right now in baseball. I am a little bit surprised that they would make that move, considering they are 41 and 27. Um, But nonetheless, that is what move is probably going to happen in the meantime. Can they survive without Manny Machado? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? And I haven't recapped any of the games in particular, because to be honest with you, there wasn't much to talk about in these games uh, for the most part. Blake Snell in this game, another underwhelming uh, performance. Four and two-thirds innings, four earned run on five hits, four walks, five Ks. Continues to be a bust for the Padres for the most part, considering that he was supposed to be a big trade acquisition. And then they make Antonio Santazella look a lot better than he is. Six innings, one earned run on six hits. The one run being a Luke Voigt blast uh, to deep left in the top of the second inning. But CJ Crone drove in a bunch of runs. Elias Diaz. It, there really wasn't much to talk about here other than the fact that the Padres offense didn't really show up and they gave up a whole lot of runs, which was unfortunate um, and basically the case for the whole series. But back to the Manny Machado thing. Can they survive without him? Well, they've survived without Tatis uh, for a long time. And I know that it's different. And I know that playing the hot corner with Machado, the defense is another thing that has to be taken into account. And the fact that he was performing at an MVP level uh, is really going to be felt, right? Unless Abrams comes up and at least performs... Hey, the way Hassan Kim had performed, right? If he's able to perform at a level where he's just an average or maybe slightly below average major league at bat and plays good defense, then that could be pretty awesome for the Padres right now until Machado gets back. I imagine they're going to take their time with him. He is the star of the team um, and is the MVP leader and whatnot. The other thing that's going to be a big deal here is whether or not the accompanying pieces on the Padres can keep up the level of production that they've been keeping up with, right? And we know that there has been some disappointments in the area of Trent Grisham. He's still hitting 187 on the year. He just doesn't manage to get a lot of multi-hit games. And most importantly, while he does have a pretty good walk rate, he strikes out way too much. 29 walks, not bad, but then 66 strikeouts on the year. And he's also not stealing many bags, which is really, really frustrating for a guy that stole 10 bases in just 50 games. Uh, 59 games, I should say, in uh, 2020. So he's just not really uh, providing the value there. And then you have the first baseman who must certainly not be named, hitting 284 on the season, which doesn't seem so bad, right? When you look at it from a from a from a perspective and whatnot. And then 348 on base, but then everything else has been bad. 389 slugging ever since that incredible first month. Let's look at the the monthly breakdown really quickly. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Uh, Jeez, I'm just scared to even look at this. I'm scared to even look at this. I'm scared. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just scared. Uh, uh, It's just, can I not say it? Can I not look at 
the splits that this man has this year. 320, 361, 400. I, I, like, I messed up a little bit. That was in, um, or I'm sorry, where's the month averages? There we go. In April, he hit 389, 457, and slugged 597. And then May, 265, 327, 327 slugging, so barely any extra base hits. And then June 15th, June, uh, through 15 games in June, I should say, 186, 240. 6-237. So his slugging is literally lower than his on-base percentage. He's been awful, but before we continue talking about who can improve for the Padres and help keep them up as long as Mayim Machado is out and the rest of the series, guys, let me quickly talk to you about Athletic Greens. All right? Something I use every day and I take to help keep my immune system optimized. It tastes great. It's really, really nice. With one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, right? And on top of that, it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good, all right? It's awesome. Small Small stuff, man, like this, small little changes in your life like this, it can make a huge, huge difference. And because you're listening to this podcast, guys, I got a little bit of a deal for you. Athletic Greens is going to make it easy, right? They're giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And also, guys, be sure to check out over at the NBA channel. All right, guys? Our live NBA draft show is not enough for lockdown, guys. The entire NBA channel is going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their lockdown YouTube channel so you get notified when they go live on NBA draft night. All right, let's keep it moving, everybody. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we already talked about that first game or that last game of the series that resulted in the Machado injury. The other guys that we have to talk about are the rest of the players that can potentially uh, kick things up for the Padres, right? Um, and I think that starts with uh, Jake Cronenworth, who has been awesome for a while now. I put out on Twitter, and Padres fans seem to like it a whole lot, and then I promptly deleted it because I'm an idiot by accident. Um, but since the beginning, basically since that Milwaukee series, the last 18 games, Cronenworth looks back uh, 100%. Over his last 18 games, he is slashing an astounding 386, 482, 657. That is good for an OPS above 1,000, 1139 to be exact. He's got, let's see, three home runs over that span. He's driven in 21. RBIs. He's walked 10 times as opposed to only 14 Ks. He's been awesome. He's actually been hit by three pitches too, which is a little bit odd, but he's been awesome. He's playing great defense as well. Uh, I tweeted out earlier today that the Padres lead the league in outs above average, actually 28 outs above average. And that's the best for a team score among all of baseball and guys like Kernworth, guys like Jerickson Profar, Manny Machado, Hassan Kim are big, big reasons for that, especially. So they've been awesome. Right, in that respect. So Cronenworth, if while the first baseman seems to be done, Jake Cronenworth is certainly seeming to be back. All right, both players are back, right? Padres first baseman, the ground ball gremlin, is back to being what we know him for. And then Cronenworth is also back to being what we know him for, right? So that is a big plus for the Padres, absolutely. Um, and then the other guy is Jerkson Profar, who I've talked about being a fringe type of all-star candidate. Uh, he's been awesome. 
right? Uh, Jerickson Profar has been awesome as a leadoff guy and a guy that I can't claim to take credit for. I, I really can't. And you know me. I'll take credit over anything. And I actually took credit for Mackenzie Gore, who we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Um, but Luke Voigt, uh, he's slugging the ball. And that's really what they brought him in to do. Right? He's going to be the DH for the team, while a lot of people would probably rather him be the first baseman when you take into account the contract and what have you. He has been performing a whole lot better basically since the beginning of the Chicago series. He's been on fire, and granted, that's only seven games, but 333, 429, 833 slugging percentage. That's good for a 1262 OPS. He's got Three home runs, 10 rubies, five walks to eight strikeouts over those last seven games and what have you. If you want to increase the portion to, let's see here, the Colorado series. Um, see if I can bring that up really quickly uh, for you guys over the 11 games, if you count that, 298, 365, 723 slugging. And that gives you an extra home run there. Two, eight doubles, by the way, over that time span. So basically, bottom line is what I'm saying is he's been hitting for a whole lot of power, a whole lot of extra base hits. He's not walking a lot, which is bad over those games. Uh, he did not walk a whole lot, but hopefully he improves that at least somewhat to offset the strikeouts and whatnot because he is striking out certainly a lot. He's got a golden sombrero in there as well, which is unfortunate. But Luke Voigt, I talked about in the Chicago series when he had the bases clearing uh, double. He also had a home run in the big comeback win. If Luke Voigt can deliver on power even for a little bit while Manny Machado is absent, that would be huge. Jerks and Profar as well. So, again, I don't think the Padres are doomed. The biggest thing that would have doomed them is if Manny Machado had broken his ankle or something a lot more serious. Now, it's also true. I know what Padres fans may be thinking. Uh, this is a tough team to trust when it comes to injuries, right? Like, this is a team that, you know, they continually seem to swindle us when it comes to injuries and whatnot. And they seem to downplay things. I still remember when the Nelson Lamette injury wasn't supposedly all that bad. And now all of a sudden he's in AAA, right? Like, that's that's kind of been the story with the Padres when it comes to injuries. Tatis not necessarily pro progressing. Um as much as they would have liked. So hopefully this isn't the beginning of the collapse happening yet again for the Padres. Although last year's had some noticeable differences. I know Tatis got hurt last year, but you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just, we're just hoping that the Padres can stay afloat with those guys that I mentioned. Normar Mazzara as well deserves a little bit of a, of a shout hitting 327 uh, on the year. Again, I've said this before, sorry to repeat myself, but as a fill-in guy until Myers or potentially a trade happens, don't mind him whatsoever. A, he's had at least some success in terms of the power department, so hopefully that can be a big thing. And also worth pointing out, Jorge Alfaro right now has been awesome. And considering that Austin Nola, who was supposed to be just a contact on base type of guy when it came to his offense, has not been that in the slightest. Jorge Alfaro is hitting 280. He's got an on-base of 320, which is not too bad, and he's slugging 475, which is by far the highest of his career. Uh, he's been killing it lately, still not walking a lot, but if he keeps this up for the Padres, he's got five bombs on the year. As a backup catcher, I love him, but at this rate, assuming he doesn't, you know, if he can do well behind the plate uh, in terms of his defense, in terms of his framing metrics, which he can improve, just a tie end I think would be great, uh, and the, you know, throwing out runners and whatnot. I'm not saying he has to be out of here, Molina, but... That's a nice little development for the Padres, right? Especially since Nola has seriously been an absolute bust in every way, and they gave up Ty France for him. So, 
hopefully all that could come together in this D-back series starting tonight should be an interesting test case for uh, Mr. Jorge Alfaro and various other members of the Padres, how they'll respond after Manny Machado goes down with an injury. But let's talk a little bit about the games really quickly. Uh, on Saturday, they lost 4-5, to five, unfortunately. So they lost that game. A start from Nick Martinez, who I actually thought wasn't awful, but he certainly wasn't that good. He was actually, he's kind of meh. Uh, five innings in this game, four earned runs on eight hits, two walks, one K over 77 pitches. A little bit surprised they they took him out after five innings. A um, little bit surprised by that, but then again, um, that's just what happens sometimes. They try to conserve their starters a little bit. Maybe they might want to use him as a potential keep him alive as a piggyback option, maybe later on this series or for the upcoming series against LA. Maybe that's why they took him out after just 77 pitches. Um, but nonetheless, that was unfortunate because later on in the game, Luis Garcia gives up what ends up being the game-winning uh, play from Ryan McMahon, a home run to give the, the Rockies the lead. It was unfortunate, despite the RBIs from Voight and a big home run from Machado, uh, in this game, and even a, a sacrifice, fielder's choice from Mazzara, uh, not enough for the Padres. Herman Marquez in this game wasn't incredible. Five innings, four in runs on eight hits, but he did strike out seven. He has had decent starts against the Padres this year, and the Padres, uh, they should be hitting off better, often better. Um, a lot of home runs this weekend, which is something part of the course to be expected of series at Coors Field, series played at Coors Field, but nonetheless, it is still unfortunate that they couldn't win one. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Nick Martinez hasn't been that great this year, but as a piggyback guy who's still got a wipeout changeup for the most part, he's been okay. Um, and I know that it sounds like maybe I've been trying to walk it back because maybe or maybe not a family member may have attacked me in the YouTube comments of his. Don't know. <laughs> not 100% sure what happened there. But yeah, uh, what can you do? Uh, the Padres losing this one. And it stinks because, you know, uh, can you stop giving up home runs to Charlie Blackman? Just I get the CJ Crone thing, but Charlie Blackman, really? Ryan McMahon has been struggling this year? It's annoying. It's annoying. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> I'm going to keep repeating that, but. That's all I got to say, guys. Before we talk about the last game and probably the most important game uh, to talk about in terms of a loss and what we learned uh, in that game, let's quickly talk about, guys, Bet Online, everybody. The number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball futures and World Series odds and all that stuff. They've got you covered including they also got live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's continue with the last game, guys. Let's continue with the last game. And if you're watching YouTube, by the way, I forgot to say subscribe to the YouTube if you'd like uh, to see what I'm wearing. I'm rocking the NOLA hat because in that last game, I believe it was the Sunday game that they ended up losing, uh, a little 
compensation prize for maybe anybody who's starting Austin Nola in deep 18-team two-catcher fantasy baseball leagues. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that Austin Nola might be used in uh, right now. Uh, He hit a home run. So that's why I think that it is worth uh, wearing the hat. Because I said, if Austin Nola does something, then I wear my little Nola hat. Which, of course, has nothing to do with Austin Nola, but I think it's funny and amuses me. And you guys know. I love nothing more than to amuse myself. Um, Don't take that the wrong way. Anyway, moving on, guys. Let's talk about Friday's game. The game that got us excited. We're coming off the sweep against the Cubs. We're excited. We were banging a boatload of home runs and whatnot. Huge series from Luke Voigt. Jerks and Profar was solid. All that stuff. And you got Mackenzie Gore starting in this game. And boy, oh boy, is he an absolute disaster. And I do not throw that out lightly. I haven't called any of Snell's starts this year a disaster. Uh, He's been pretty bad as an acquisition overall, but this was an absolute disaster. Let's keep in mind he had a 1.5 ERA heading into his start against Colorado the first time, which is unfortunate because, again, Colorado. You would expect, like, you'd be able to perform a little bit better against that team, but... Again, like I said, Colorado, not the worst offense in the world. But at home against uh, the Rockies, he got shelled a bit for six runs. And then at Coors, he gets absolutely destroyed. Four innings, eight earned runs on nine hits. He walked three and struck out one. While I thought that the big issue with the first start was a lot of control, he had uh, an instance in which he loaded the bases. He walked in a run right against his last start against the Rockies. This time, he was getting shelled. And it wasn't like little line drives or... I shouldn't even say line drives. Little base hits. Not not ground ball gremlin material. Where it's just base hits that snuck in. It certainly wasn't a lot of errors. I know... You know, this is, like I said, a Padres team that doesn't make a lot of those. He just got shelled to the point where they had to bring Mike Clevenger in out of the bullpen to go for two innings. Uh, it was just really, really rough um, for Mackenzie Gore. And, you know, I think that... It was, I wasn't overreacting to the first bad start, and I don't want to overreact to this bad start either necessarily, because after all, he is still a rookie, and that 1.5 ERA he was carrying before these starts against the Rockies does need to be emphasized in in the sense that, yes, while I yelled at everybody about, you know, doubting him and saying, what the heck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you guys just threw him off your your list almost entirely of your prospect list um, and whatnot just because of a bad, weird couple months, it is concerning that this wasn't all control-based uh, for Mackenzie Gore. The average exit velocity that he was giving up was 111.2 miles per hour, which is atrocious, which is absolutely atrocious. Uh, for context, like a 107 exit velocity is what I feel like we've seen from some bad pitching performances by, say, you know, uh, what's his face, like a Sean Manaya or even a Yu Darvish occasionally, but CJ Krohn hit a home run. Randall Gritchick hit a home run off of uh, Mackenzie Gore. We had one, a flyout from CJ Krohn that was 104.8 exit velocity. So some hits not even going uh, for some hits here. 102.6 from Jonathan Daza. Uh, just some. Brendan Rodgers even hit one at 100 miles an hour that ended up being granted into a double play, but man, oh man. Uh, just absolutely getting torched with line drives, with huge hits. Granted, it was Coors Field. That's the only silver lining, is that it was Coors Field, and it's not that bad of a Rockies lineup when it comes to just hitting line drives and getting base hits and walking, right? 
But then again, in home runs and whatnot and slugging, they haven't been the best, believe it or not, this year. Uh, and they kind of, maybe this was the regression to the mean game for them, and it just happened to happen against Gore. But it is a concerning start, I would actually say. Um, he is going to hopefully bounce back in the next one. Again, that fastball does play really well, uh, surprisingly well, I think, for a lot of people, uh, considering that he was a dude who, you know, had a four pitches and his velocity on the fastball wasn't amazing once upon a time. But his next start is coming against the Phillies, which is a really tough team uh, to pitch against. So that's going to be really, really huge. Is it possible that Gore was just playing against some really poor opponents? Yes, I know it sounds like I'm really concerned, but I just think the fact that he was giving up launches and just big hits and that the fastball was not playing and people were ready for everything, that's concerning. And this is what happens in Major League Baseball, right? Guys get used to things. Guys, data travels faster, right? And one of the things that I think you could argue about the whole you know, debate between eras, which I think is something that we shouldn't do, right? We really shouldn't debate eras, but... It's, I think one thing you could bring up with it being harder in today's game is that data travels faster. These guys, you see them walking down to the, the dugout and they've got iPads with Lord knows how much data that maybe, you know, it's been like two months of Mackenzie Gore starts. Maybe they are at least keying in on the point where we're not going to let you have an ERA of 1.5, right? And that doesn't mean he's bad. If he kept this 3.6 ERA for the rest of the year, I'd be perfectly fine with that for a rookie, especially at a guy as young as Mackenzie Gore. But that is my biggest thing. It wasn't necessarily just walks. It was the fact that guys were just torching all of his pitches and waiting for the right ones and launching home runs. It was home run palooza uh, in this game uh, for the most part. The Rockies were due, one could say, but it was in the bottom of the first it started with a Charlie Blackman triple. You had the CJ Krona homer. You had the Randall Gritchick homer. CJ Cron ends up homering again in this game. Like, it was home run palooza for sure. So hopefully the Padres can bounce back, especially with Mackenzie Gore. Other things in this game uh, that were fun at first. We thought the Padres were coming back uh, in the top of the fifth inning after being down 6-0. You got a home run from Trent Grisham. Then you got a sacrifice fly from Jerickson Profar. A double from Manny Machado. Please get better soon. And then Luke Voigt hit a double. Uh, that allowed Manny Machado to score. We thought they were coming back, but again, it just didn't hold up. Um, so the Padres lost in every way possible. They had their star rookie, who's a front runner for a rookie of the year, uh, get absolutely shelled in a way that was more concerning than the last start, I'd say, with which just felt like it was an issue of control on his pitches, especially his fastball. And then you had him get shelled, you had Manny Machado get hurt, and you had some blown close games with Luis Garcia, who I swear loves to blow close games. The entire Padres bullpen really has loved blowing uh, close games for them this year. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to tell, talk about. Uh, hopefully, C.J. Abrams can be something, uh, right? Like, I hope he could be solid, you know, at least be a decent defender uh, for them at the hot corner. Um, or I should say, you know, Hassan Kim playing the hot corner, and then we get shortstop uh, C.J. Abrams. They clearly believe in his talent, and they should. This is a guy that um, could potentially become a stud um, for sure, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. He's been hitting better in AAA, but, man, if he comes up and is good... That would be huge for the Padres. But just keep your expectations down. That maybe this is a guy who's just not going to be Carlos Correa and Bryce Harper. And these guys that got called up arguably a little bit early, but then were immediately good. I I don't have the stats in front of me, but I remember Carlos Correa 
Puerto Rican power, um, like actually not performing all that great at AAA, getting called up and was raking. It was almost like he was like, I, I like wasn't even trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? O'Neill Cruz of the Pirates has that vibe too, where he hasn't been necessarily, uh, he's been dogging it a little bit, but maybe he'll be great. Uh, we'll have to see how it all um, plays out, guys. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, but until we get into the rest of that, guys, let me also tell you that upcoming on this podcast tomorrow with Millard Thomas, very fun crossover talking about this series against the D-backs, talking about Madison Bumgarner trade rumors, me floating a trade involving the first baseman who must not be named, talking about other guys like Atel Marte and our old buddy, the Shark, Mark Melanson. That's coming to you tomorrow. And then Wednesday, going to recap these games. And then Thursday, maybe got a crossover coming up ahead of this uh, Dodgers series that's coming up pretty soon. That might be fun. That might be fun. Might have to do that. Might have to do that. Or not Dodgers series. I'm sorry. The Phillies series. Maybe do something like that because the Phillies are a fun team to play. They really are, though, because no matter what the Phillies team... <laughs> They're either scoring a billion runs or they're letting up a bunch of runs because they're porous defense, which actually isn't last in the league. The Padres are first in the league in outs above average. The um, the Phillies are second to last. The last is actually the Washington Nationals, but not that you're in good company because you're spending a lot more than them and they have like no talent whatsoever on that team aside from Soto and Josh Bell for the most part, right? But anyway, enough ranting from me, guys. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod. That may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get it, guys. Check it out. Me on Twitter, at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.